Kia ora and welcome to the Snell's Beach Baptist Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode and pray that God will bless you abundantly. For more information about our church, please visit our website, sbbchurch.nz or follow at sbbchurch on Facebook or Instagram. We know that uh, detail, uh, but here he is in Rome. And he sends his greetings as well. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church in her house. Here's a lady who was, um, had a house church, which was probably the church of Laodicea, meeting in her house. We don't know. She may have actually been the, the leader of the house church, um, but she was at, certainly had it in her home uh, in Laodicea. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read in the church of the Laodiceans, and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. Paul obviously had written three letters. There's one to the Colossi church, one to Philemon, who was somebody in the church about welcoming back his ex-slave Onesimus, and thirdly, he had written a letter to the church at Laodicea. Now, we've, we haven't got that letter. We don't know what it was, uh, what Paul wrote in it. And it was obviously lost. Um, but we've got those other two letters, so, so they give us some insight into this early church period. Um, so Paul says, I write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. And so um, we have this little insight into these people who are the early Christians um, of, the, of, of that area or that time. Um, let me just give you a little bit more black background here. Um, this, this area was well known for, uh, it's quite a rich area, this River Valley area with these three cities in it. Um, uh, and it was... First of all, well known for its black wool. It was a sheep place. Uh, they grew a lot of black wool. Um, and it's really interesting uh, that the city of Laodicea is mentioned in Revelation chapter 3. Of course, it was one of the seven churches spoken of in the book of Revelation. And it's interesting there where the Lord said to the, said to the Laodiceans, um, you know, you are to ask me for white garments <laughs> to cover your spiritual nakedness. And here they were, they were in this uh, a rich area where they had produced a lot of black wool. God didn't say put black wool on. He said, I will, you need to ask me and I'll give you white garments. It's really symbolic of the fact that God wanted them to be people who have pure hearts for God um, in their... Um, the second uh, interesting thing here is that the, this river valley started up at Hierapolis, and Hierapolis was a bit like Rotorua. It was a hot pool area with a lot of sulphur springs, and, and, but it was limestone country. And so um, when the water travelled from Hierapolis down the river to Laodicea, by the time it got to Laodicea, the water was warm. Now, apparently with limestone uh, water, you can drink it when it's really hot or you can drink it when it's really cold. 
But if it's warm, it makes you sick. And remember what the Lord said to the church at Laodicea? Because you're neither hot nor cold, you make me sick because you're warm. <laughs> and the third interesting thing about this church uh, at Laodicea that God spoke to in the book of Revelation, um, uh, what, what is it? Um, actually, I've forgotten what it was now. Never mind. <laughs> but I just found it interesting that God used the natural kind of situation around Laodicea to speak to them about their spiritual condition. And I was thinking, what would God use around Snell's Beach in our natural surroundings that God would use to speak to you and me about our spiritual condition? You think about that. I, 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 the, the thing I thought about were the tides down on Snell's Beach there. Tide comes way, way in and it goes way, way out. Would God use that to speak to us about the fact that we get really hot for God sometimes, but other times the tide goes out and we get very cold with it for him? What would God, would, what God, would God use in our natural surroundings to actually speak to us about our walk with God? Anyway, for something for you to think about and reflect on, um, on that one. Um, in this river valley, there were three main people groups. There was the people called the Phrygians. They were the local native people in this area. Um, and they worshipped a lot of nature gods, the god of the mountain, the god of the river, uh, the god of the trees. So they were into worshipping those kind of gods. And then there was a big Greek immigrant area. Um, over many years, uh, Greeks had been migrating into this area. Um, and so the, uh, Hierapolis is a Greek name, so it was a Greek city. Um, and the Greeks, of course, worshipped heavenly gods, uh, the gods of Jupiter and Venus. Um, so it was quite different. They had different kind of gods. And then the third major group in this river valley were Jewish people. They estimated at one stage there were 50,000 Jews in this river valley. Uh, and so there was a big group of Jewish people. And this early church of Colossae and Laodicea, they had to um, deal with this great variety of different people who had different religious beliefs um, and tailor the gospel to actually connect with these people. Um, and very much like New Zealand now. You know, I, th I think in New Zealand there's been a, a move in some quarters towards the nature gods, you know, Mother Nature, you know, gods of the mountains and, and the trees. Um, and we've also got a huge immigrant uh, population now where we've got different religious groups like the Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims. And, and we've got uh, a growth of atheism, humanistic thinking in New Zealand. We're in a very similar situation. And so as Paul writes to this little church at Colossae, what is it that he focuses on that is the distinctive about the Christian gospel? And the distinctive about the Christian gospel is Jesus. That's the distinctive that he keeps on coming back to in this gospel. And so he talks a lot about who Jesus is and the fact that we need to embrace Jesus as our Lord and Savior because he's the one that makes the difference between any kind of religious group uh, that, that there are around. Now, um, um, Paul... He 
hints in his gospel that he's aware of these different religious groups. For example, in chapter 2 and verse 8, it seems like he's addressing the Greek uh, religion when he writes, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. And the Greeks were great in philosophy, <laughs> um, which depends on human traditions, or we could probably put in brackets there, humanistic thinking, um, and the basic principles of this world. Um, secondly, um, uh, they think that Paul is hinting at talking about or addressing the nature gods when he writes in chapter 2 and verse 15, where he talks about Christ has set us free from the spiritual powers of this world. Therefore, do not be afraid of the spirits, spirits, demonic spirits, the spirits of nature, because Christ has the authority over all principalities and powers. And then thirdly, he writes about the whole issue of Judaism, when he says, don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or regard to religious um, festivals, a new moon Sabbath, or a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. In other words, he's really saying here, don't let legalism, all the do's and don'ts of Judaism, rob you of your relationship with Jesus, or spoil your relationship with Jesus by getting embroiled in all the do's and don'ts of the religious traditions. And so through his little letter to the Colossians, he's kind of pointing out some of the dangers um, of, of us getting sidetracked into other religious ideas. And he keeps on coming back to the fact that Jesus is the one that we are to embrace. And I think that's a good message for us today. I think there's a lot of temptation, even in Christian circles now, where people talk about God, but they won't talk about Jesus. And I think there's a danger uh, when you start hearing Christians doing that, they leave Jesus out of the equation, and it's Jesus that, that's the difference uh, to any other religion. It's Jesus who's the saviour of the world, who came to save you and me. Um, now, I just want to um, wrap this up by talking about prayer. It's interesting, a few Sundays ago, Di, uh, I think I might have mentioned in the service, what is God saying to us as we begin a, a new year uh, in the church? And Di stood up and said, I believe the Lord's challenging us to be a people of prayer. And I thought I'd pick up on that, because this, this, little, uh, this passage talks about, first of all, it talks about Epaphras, who um, was a man of prayer. And in chapter 4, and verse 12 and 13, Paul writes about Epaphras, that he's working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. And I thought, well, what was he working hard at? Because he was in Rome. <laughs> and then Paul goes on to say, he's been wrestling in prayer for you. He's been wrestling in prayer. Now, I don't know about you, but when you hear that little that phrase, he's been wrestling in prayer for you. What does that mean? What does that look like for you? when someone is wrestling in prayer. And it can conveys immediately that this is a spiritual battle going on here. There's a spiritual warfare that's taking place. And he's battling. He's working hard. 
When was the last time you worked hard at your praying? <laughs> There's a battle going on at Epaphras is praying for these three churches, Herapolis, Laodicea, and Colossae. And he's praying that they would know the will of God and they'd be mature Christians and strong in God. Um, and I want to encourage you to be people who wrestle in prayer. I don't know about you, but I don't find I do that very often, but every now and then you get that sense that you need to really stand and pray strongly against powers of darkness. Take that God's authority and stand against the powers of darkness in a person's life or in a situation. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I struggle with that one sometimes too. <laughs> um, being aware of praying, of, of being uh, available for God to use in prayer too. I, I, I was really, over Christmas time, I decided this year I'd read, uh, just leading up to Christmas, the stories in uh, Matthew and Luke about Christmas. And then I also read the beginning of John's Gospel. And uh, what really struck me, and I think I shared with this with you just recently about this, what really struck me was uh, John chapter 1 and verse 4, where it says that Jesus was life. And that life is the light of all people. Um, and the darkness... Oh, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has never put it out. In another translation it says, the light dispels the darkness. And I've, I've been mulling over that since that time, and I just, I just think, wow, here's Jesus. We are to embrace Jesus. We're to embrace his life. You know, and most of you here, if not all of you here, have all experienced the life of Jesus when you open your heart to him and you ask him into your life to be your saviour. You discovered Jesus was life. He's, your, he's the life giver. I like that phrase. He's the life giver. And it's when it's, his life comes into you, it's what brings light into your life. And that life, as you embrace it, dispels the darkness. And some of you had a lot of darkness in your life when you became Christians. You know, there were things in your life that were broken. There were things in your life that were dark. You'd been into dark places. But over, the, over time, as you embrace Jesus and all who he is, that darkness be, is dispelled from your life. And I think that's true for us as a church. You know, it's not, we don't always have to stand in Jesus' authority and stand against powers of darkness. I think there's a place for us to embrace Jesus and just open our arms wide, as it were, and embrace him because he's the life giver. He's the one who brings light into any given situation. He's the one who will dispel the darkness. You know, whether that's the darkness of disappointment that we've been struggling with as a church. You know, when we embrace Jesus and all who he is, he dispels that darkness. And I want to encourage us to be people who just with a fresh touch from God from our hearts that we embrace 
embrace him. We embrace him as our redeemer. We embrace him as our saviour. We embrace him as almighty God. We embrace him with all his love for us. We embrace his life for us. We embrace Jesus. We embrace him that he baptises us in his spirit. You know, we embrace all that he is. And I want to encourage us as a fresh as a church to embrace Jesus. Embrace him. Yeah. Second thing I want to talk about, in back in chapter 1, Paul almost always starts his letters by expressing his praise and thanks. You notice that? And it's not as though he does this in a formal way. It's like Paul can't help himself. He just overflows with gratefulness and with thankfulness. And um, um, I was trying to look around here uh, for Mike because he was talking about thankfulness right at the beginning of our service. And I think for 2021... um, I mean, I don't know about you, but last year was a bit of a difficult year, and I found that. (laughs) And I've struggled with the disappointments that we experienced last year. And I have to say that. I I have struggled with that. And I thought, the beginning of this year, I want to be a person that's overflowing with gratitude and thankfulness to the Lord. And those of you who been walking with the Lord for a while. You know as well as I do that there are moments when you don't feel like being thankful about anything. (laughs) You grump and groan about things and, you know, we all have our moments, don't we? But when we've walked with the Lord for a while, we realize whether it's in the hard times or the good times, God's with us. And, you know, that builds a great sense of trust in our lives. We learn to trust God in the hard times as well as in the good times. And over time, we come to a place of being grateful and thankful to God, whether it's the good time or the hard time, because we trust him. He's he's the sovereign God who looks after us. He's good to us. and And that's when thankfulness can keep on flowing out of your heart and we can keep on being grateful because we've learned to trust God in the hard as well as in the good times. And I was really touched as I was thinking about this where it says in Psalm uh, 69 verse 30, I think it is, I haven't got my glasses on, but (laughs) that thankfulness and gratitude in the hearts of God's believers honors God. It honors him. In Psalm 50, verse 23, it says the same thing, where it says that um, um, giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me, says the Lord. And I want us to be a people who honor Jesus, to honor him. And you do that when you've got a grateful heart and you come with your thankfulness to him. And as we start 2021... Let's be a people who say, we're going to be a grateful people and a thankful people. And we will shake off <laughs> the things that, that we can complain about or grumble about. Let's shake off that and say, God, we're trusting you. We're trusting you. And the third thing I want to encourage us to do is to be very specific in our praying. Epaphras 
was obviously specific in what he was wrestling with. As he prayed for the church at Colossae and Laodicea and Hierapolis, he was wrestling in prayer. What is it that God's wanting us to wrestle in prayer as we start this year? What are the things that we are to grab a hold of and wrestle for God for? Because this wrestling thing, I don't think takes place on an ongoing, ongoing basis. I think there are times where we wrestle in prayer and that's finished and we get on with other things or other praying. What is it that God wants us to wrestle with? And I think the first thing that I would encourage us to pray for, and I'm sure many of you are doing this, we want to pray for those families that over last year kind of dropped out of the church. And some of them have been in a real struggle place. They've been in, in a black hole, some of them. And we want to wrestle in prayer for those families. You know, let's, let's just spend a time, even if it's a few weeks, as a church and say, we're going to pray for these families. And, and many of you know some of those people who are struggling with issues in their own lives, struggling with their walk with God, struggling with life. Let's pray and wrestle for them in prayer that God would stew their hearts and cause them to love God and be hungry for God. We do that. Second thing I think what I encourage us to, to pray for and to do as a church is that we will continue to welcome new people into the church because God's going to bring new people into the church. Now, I, one of the things I've discovered over the years is when a church family gets discouraged, we pull back from welcoming others. We stop doing it. I want to ask you to step forward. You know, this is a friendly church. Many of you are very good at welcoming people. Let's step forward again and welcome new people into the church because God wants to build the church and build momentum again like we had at the end of 2019. And we're going to be, really trust God to see that happen. And, and the third thing I want to encourage us to be praying for is for the youth of this church. You know, Nina... Um, has been disappointed like a lot of us. She's the one that's stuck with a lot of these young families and, uh, and it's been disappointing for her. But she's the kind of person that shakes it off and gets a burst of energy again. But, um, but she needs um, other people to stand around her to help her to run the youth because she won't be able to do that as well as the children's ministry. Can we pray for that? Pray for people that God will raise up a team of people to stand with her uh, so that the young people uh, can meet together and um, grow to love the Lord together. And we need that uh, as well. And fourthly, let's pray for a new pastor. Um, uh, Tuesday week, we've got our first calling committee meeting and we've got, um, I think, two uh, people who've put in their CVs. Um, so we'll be meeting to talk about and pray about that. And we just need God. We need the Lord to give us ears to hear what His Spirit is saying to us. Uh, and the wisdom in, in as we process these uh, CVs through. So people, I just want to encourage you. Many of you are great prayers. Let's be specific in praying for some of these issues as we trust God for 2021, uh, that God will be here to help us to be people of life 
and light. And as we trust him and embrace Jesus, he will dispel darkness. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. We're going to sing. Be thou my vision. Let's sing this together. Kira and thank you for listening to the latest episode from Snell's Beach Baptist Church podcast. We hope that you were encouraged today by the Word of God. For more information about our church, please visit our website www.sbbchurch.nz May the Lord bless you and keep you safe this week. Kia ora whanau.